0: This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Lauren Antonoff, Senior Vice President of Presence and Commerce at GoDaddy.
1: We ask two questions when somebody starts building a a website. We ask what kind of business you're in and what's the name of your business. And just from that one question about what kind of business you're in, we know a lot about the types of things that those businesses need.
0: Welcome to Mobile First, You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. As Senior Vice President of Presence and Commerce at GoDaddy, Lauren oversees the development and operations of their website builder and e-commerce solutions for small businesses around the world. Prior to GoDaddy, Lauren spent 18 years at Microsoft, where she was most recently director of program management for SharePoint, leading the effort to make the SharePoint a tool that people love to use to get work done. Her leadership was instrumental in building one of the most successful products and businesses at Microsoft and helping SharePoint navigate the shift to the cloud. While at Microsoft, she founded the Step Up program designed to increase the number of women in senior management roles by helping women become stronger candidates for these roles. Lauren studied rhetoric and political science at the University of California at Berkeley. Lauren, thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to have you here.
1: I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, being that I was a Oh, I am an entrepreneur, but I was a small business owner. I'm really excited to talk about GoDaddy and the solution you provide and and being in your position. But before we dive into that and, and into those insights, I like to spend just a little time understanding your perspective and what makes you tick. Because I think this really helps to provide context for your point of view when digging in deeper throughout this episode. So Lauren, what are you most passionate about in your profession and why?
1: It was sort of a surprise to me that I ended up in software. I thought I was going to be a civil rights lawyer. I would hear about injustices in the world and feel like you know I was supposed to, to take those things on. And when I started in college to use a computer, I, I just got a Macintosh computer to write papers. And when I started using that, using software was so much harder than it should have been. And I had that same sort of mad feeling of injustice in software and in my interactions with computers that I did around looking at some of the injustices in the world. And so, you know, as I think about the kinds of problems that, that we in, the, in technology solve for the world, you know, I think it's really about making the world a better place for, for everyone who, who does use technology and use technology to get things done in their lives. It can be so much better and it's our job to make it better
0: yeah and i'm excited to to dig into that perspective because in our pre-show chat right you talked about you work on just massive change not not the little improvements and things in, in the product level but more of just huge change and so major
1: inflection, yeah
0: yeah and so i'm curious what your story is then because like you you just mentioned you thought you're going to be in the civil rights realm and then from looking at your journey, right? You studied what? Rhetoric and poli-sci. Poli-sci, yep. Yeah. And then from there you got into, you know, fast forward a little bit into uh, Macintosh where you focused on digital product and, and now you're in GoDaddy. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about some of the personal growth and pivots you made along the way to cause some of these shifts.
1: It's funny. It's like, they're just sort of detours. Like, I still want to be a civil rights lawyer. I still think one day I should go to law school. You know, I, I actually live in Berkeley. wouldn't be that hard for me to go down the school, you know, go down the hill and and go to law school one of these days. I've sort of gotten detoured on this mission of figuring out how to make software work for people. And it, it all, as I mentioned, it sort of all happened when I, I started using computers and found that, to explain how they worked or to understand how they worked, there were, you had to jump through all these hoops. And so I met a bunch of people in the technology industry just because I was in Berkeley. I got involved with this user group, this kind of club. It was sort of a social scene. And people would say to me, you know, oh, will you write some documentation for my product? And I would say, yeah, sure. I'll make some money and write some documentation. And I would try to explain the software as it was. You know, I was very literal. I wanted to be a lawyer. I would write down all the steps. And the explanations were crazy. Like they just felt to me like nobody should ever jump through these hoops to be able to produce this document or whatever it was that the software was trying to do. And so I would come back to them and I would say, well, this is the documentation for what your product does, but it's ridiculous. And I would come with this other list that would say like, this is what I think you should be telling them to do. And this is the list of changes that you'd have to make in your software so that the, so that this smaller, better, more human-centric list, that it, so that it could be true. And really that instinct to just make things so that they work the way that people need them to work has really propelled my whole career detour. And it's been a lot of years. I ended up doing this at a small software company. You know, I ended up being a a product designer and leader for sort of full time and it got bought by Microsoft. And that was shocking to me because I was so deep in the Macintosh Apple scene back in those days when it got bought by Microsoft. And there I found lots of software that made me mad. And every time I would stumble on something new that was harder than it should be, I got really interested in getting involved with it to make it better.
0: You mentioned something that sounded pretty pivotal. And you mentioned it kind of set the path for you. And it was this like revelation of wanting things to work the way people think they should work. And I'm just curious, that sounds like through that experience, that was kind of the practicing of that thought. I'm curious what maybe inspired that? Was it something in your upbringing? Is it, is it some sort of an environmental condition? Have you thought about that? I think there's
1: this in my upbringing, I was raised by a single mother in a one bedroom apartment. She slept often in the dining room because I had the the one bedroom and the landlord tried to evict us a couple of times. And my mother, who didn't have any legal skills, she was a secretary, now what we'd call an admin. But she just didn't believe that it was right, that we should be evicted. And she fought it and she won. And her approach to the world is you sort of go out into it and do what needs to be done. And I, I think that imprinted very deeply upon me. The You go out into the world and you see what challenges you come and do what you think is right and fight for the things you believe in. And to me, software design is very much of that that fight. And it's not necessarily even what people think they want or what people think that they do. It's looking at how people actually behave and making the software and making technology accommodate what they're going to do as opposed to what you want them to do or what they think they want to do.
0: That's so cool. And I love that story. I think that absolutely provides that context and that fire of, of why you're great at what you do. And so, you know, making that transition to senior vice president of presence and commerce at GoDaddy, what are your current primary focuses?
1: Isn't that a crazy name? When they when I, <laughs> I started taking the job and I was like, what, is that, what does that mean? I'll tell you a little bit of sort of how the job revealed itself to me and what we've been trying to do since, since I got here. Okay. The job, as it was originally explained to me, was pretty straightforward. We help people make websites. We help people get online. Your job is to make new, better experiences to help people build websites. Pretty straightforward. When I got here, sort of learned the name of the group, it turned out it wasn't just a website builder. The group actually has a whole portfolio of tools that are designed to help customers establish their business online. There's a website builder. There was an online store. There was an SEO product. There was a, a listings product. There was all of this sort of overwhelming amount of stuff. And you know, as I got to know each of these little micro teams, they would all say to me, you know, we don't have enough resources. Nobody cares about us. We don't have enough attention on our main marketing site or, or things like that. And it occurred to me, you know, if I'm the small business and what I'm trying to do is get online and, you know, figure out how to represent my business online, and I have all these different types of products and technologies yelling at me saying, I'll help you, I'll help you, like that would be super overwhelming. And how are we going to be successful if we're approaching? This one business, really fundamental business need, which is I'm trying to use technology to help my business be more successful. If we have six different disconnected, overlapping, competing answers to that, Mm -hmm. that's not a winning combination. So a key change that I've been helping to drive since I took the job was to stop thinking about it as a portfolio of presence, website, commerce Products and stopping it as a portfolio, and think about it as a singular customer experience—one experience that helps people get online. Whether that's creating a website, an online store, whether it's getting listed on Google and Facebook, how can we create a holistic experience that helps guide people through those journeys and is flexible enough to accommodate those different needs without trying to sell them seventeen different things? So that's sort of fundamental to what to what we're doing in our business.
0: Right now, that's really interesting because people want to have that that linear pathway, right? And it'd be like a a simple process for them because business is already hard enough; they don't have to fight the technology too.
1: Yeah, and often people don't know what they need. You know, I think everybody wants a linear pathway, but everybody's line is different. Right. And so, you know, how do we make software that is flexible enough to if you know you need email marketing, you want to start with email marketing, that's great, and you can do that. But you know, you still can circle back and go from there to, you know, then build out your web assets or then build out your your online profiles and different sites. And, you know, so how do we build that flexibility while still having that support and guidance? So how do you do it? (laughs) Well, we created a product called Go Central that is designed to be that holistic answer. At its core, the sort of the thing that we started with was a very simple solution for building websites. And one of the things we said first is that, We know that increasingly the majority of people visiting small business websites are visiting on their phone. Like that is where the world is going. The data is absolutely clear. In some markets that's already well above 50%. In some markets it's still under 50%. But the trend is so well established that we were convicted that the focus had to be on creating really great mobile experiences for people. We went a step farther, which is to say, and we know that people need to be actively working on this in an ongoing way. And the only way that people are going to actively work on their, their sites and their, their content on an ongoing way is if they can do it while they're waiting in line for coffee. If they can do it in between meetings. Like people don't have the kind of time to sit down and spend another few hours on their computer on a regular basis, sort of up you know using archaic tools to update their website. So we said, we want the tools you, you use to be able to be on a mobile device or on your desktop, whatever works for you. And so we set about creating this integrated Go Central experience to help small businesses build a very simple site, improve how it shows up in Google, add commerce capabilities, get themselves on on various listings, and even get into things much more sophisticated things like email marketing, all in one coherent experience.
0: Interesting. So have you found that people come to GoDaddy looking for that? Or does it more start with a custom domain that leads to something like this? I guess, how how does that whole funnel work for you? And, And how do you best then appeal to what they're looking for?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. Because there are a lot of customers who do come to us looking for a website. And that's great. They see our free trial, they start with it. And that's awesome. But the majority of people who come to GoDaddy know us as a domain name provider. And so they come and they type in the search box, they find a domain. And often, so that's sort of the end of it. And then they take their domain and they use whatever tool they heard about from a friend or someone else. And they don't actually know that we do more than just domains. And so that's one of the big inflections that we're trying to drive in GoDaddy is helping people understand that we do so much more than domains. And some of that we've done in terms of how we design our our marketing sites, our on-ramps, so that people understand that. But sort of back to this human design element, we can change our marketing messages day and night, but you know, muscle memory that humans have is super strong. If they know we're a domain company, they're going to come and type in the domain search box and they're going to get a domain. And then it's sort of up to us whether we continue with the sort of classic domain-centric experience, or whether we can sort of transform what happens after you find your domain to naturally make people understand that they can keep going, that we can provide them a great experience and really present them with a whole range of solutions that they're likely looking for when they go to get a domain. And So we're just starting to crack that open. And we think, it's one of these big inflection points, Rethink the experience of buying a domain and say, well, when you're buying a domain, what you're really doing is starting the process of getting a website. And how do we change that so that it feels more like that and opens you up to the possibility of looking at this more robust experience?
0: Really cool. So then would you say that Go Central is kind of that core focus for you at the moment? Yes. Okay. Awesome.
1: You know, when I think about Go Central, I really do think of it as this suite of capabilities that include a website but just as importantly it's all the things that come after you make the website the managing your social profiles engaging with customers through email marketing all of those things but because we started go central with a more limited set of capabilities from the website you know i think the definition of what go central is sort of is constantly evolving and for me continually to broaden this view of what go central means started with a basic website And now it's sort of expanding to these commerce and marketing capabilities. We just moved our Do It For You services into my group. Our Do It For You services are people who will build you really high quality WordPress websites. So, a different tool, but part of the same problem, part of this base, the answer to this basic question of I'm a small business. How do I get myself online? How do I show my presence in a way that works? And it's just another tool in that arsenal. And so, I think all I think about is Go Central, but to me, Go Central is sort of doesn't have bounds and expands to be anything that helps customers with that fundamental problem.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot here to unpack and that I'm really excited. So hopefully we have enough time. But you had mentioned it's 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 really helping your target market establish business online. Really everything like you'd mentioned, building the website, SEO, commerce, listing, email marketing, social profile, literally everything you need to have an yeah. online business. And so there's, there's just so many components and there's so many businesses in each one of those individual offerings. And so I imagine the complexity of combining them is, is next level. And so I'm curious, you know, with with this initiative, Go Central, with understanding that customer journey, with implementing these individual components into one seamless thing, what is kind of that core thing, that core challenge that you have right now with feeling comfortable and like you've achieved that, result that you're looking for?
1: You know, feel comfortable and achieving a result sort of doesn't, it sort of doesn't map to my worldview. And I think I'm always going to be at the edge of it can be better. And so getting to that point where you feel like it's done and you're comfortable, I've heard people say in their jobs, you know, as at Microsoft, you know, they'd be in these big VP roles and they'd say, I'm just kind of bored with my job. I'm just kind of done. And I, I can't relate to that. I don't, I don't get there because we all use technology every day, and it's not good enough. I'm not trying to get to the point that I'm done. What I'm always trying to do is to understand what are the most pressing challenges that are getting in people's ways that are stopping them from achieving the success that they could achieve, and what can we do to knock down those barriers and to allow them to do things that they didn't know that they could do, or they didn't know they could afford to do. It's not you know one set of things, and when we do those things, they're done, because you know, one social media giant will fall and another will come in its place and something else will be important. And it's our job to be the experts and understand those trends and help consumers figure out how to navigate that without having to go shop for a new product and do a bunch of research. And, you know, we just want Go Central to constantly evolve to understand what it is that they need to do to be successful in, in their unique form of business.
0: I like how you phrased that and maybe let me rephrase and, and use some of your terminology. So I guess what barriers are you currently facing that would help your customer knock down their barriers? It's like what what's getting in your way from helping them knock down their barriers?
1: You know, I mentioned that, that when I started, we had all these sort of pockets of technology and a lot of it for us is about bringing individual pieces that are in silos into concert with each other. That has to do with how people work together—that has to do with how technology works together. It has to do with whether or not something has APIs and is designed as a, you know, a service-oriented architecture. There's a lot of different things that are sort of part of the the journey, but you know, they're all things that we can make progress on. I think maybe the the hardest thing for us—it has become incredibly clear in our industry, certainly in our company. That one of the most powerful tools in helping customers do this is data, is the understanding of what is working and what isn't, and that that's true whether it's a feature that we design or whether it's something that a customer puts on their website. If you can really use data to measure whether something is effective, you know you have the most powerful tool, and yet the available tools to be able to capture massive amounts of data, reason over it, visualize it, figure out what visualizations are important are still pretty primitive. And there's a lot of options and tools and technologies out there. I think in my team, we've been through three or four different technology approaches to, to try to make better use of data. And I think that's one of the most interesting areas in technology in general and one that I won't say it's holding us back, but it's one that we're fighting our way through.
0: You, you made a couple of quotes that are awesome. So making better use of data, obviously, is, is a big one. And But you mentioned bringing into concert together. I love that, just the visual of that.
1: There's this parallel between the software and the organization. And I think concert sort of deals with that so well. Because sometimes people think that this is just a technology problem. If we have the right APIs, then we'll just have this one API talk to this other API, and they'll pull the data. And we think of it in a very clinical way but just making it so that the machines can talk to each other doesn't isn't sufficient to produce something that is really compelling to consumers to humans and so much of the difference between an adequate solution and a great solution is having the the people who are collaborating on this stuff really connecting on what the big picture is and what's this bigger goal we're all trying to pursue together and having that shared worldview. And I think concert does capture that mm-hmm. super well. And I think organization is such a critical part of getting it right and doing something that's really a transformative experience.
0: So in coming in, how a lot of these tools and experiences were fragmented and you're kind of tasked with bringing it together with this Go Central initiative. And you've just learned a lot about just mapping that customer experience and and really data mapping and understanding a lot of these users insights. What have been the things that have been interesting to you that you maybe didn't expect?
1: I think we get surprised all the time at what works and, and what doesn't.
0: And so you, you had mentioned that you have kind of strung these services together to kind of have that linear path because like, your customer may not always know what they need. And it's it's helping them and aiding them to get through to establishing that business online. So what was that process like? What sort of activity did you go through to stumble upon the correct way to do that, to create that right go central product?
1: First of all, I don't think there is a right, and we didn't actually try to get it all right. We, we did look at a lot of what customers are doing, so engaging with current customers, engaging with non-customers, looking at what people really do do. We actually... We're planning some work in in Germany. I actually flew my team to Germany and we just went and talked to small business there. We walked down a street and for every business we passed on the street, we would look them up. We'd look up their website. We'd Google their website. We'd look them up on Facebook. We'd sort of look them up in a couple other places and just sort of understand a lot of different sort of tools to understand where customers are at, what they're thinking about, what they're doing. Also looking at sort of what works, you know, for the businesses that are most successful in this, what are the patterns that they follow? But we didn't try to take that and then say, well, then give it all that data. What's the perfect answer? Instead, we take a much more agile, iterative approach that says, you know, here's one thing that we think will make it better than it is today. And let's go change that one thing. And then let's measure if it really did move the needle, if it really did work. And so it's not about trying to get to, uh, to know this whole journey, especially because these journeys are dynamic. They're different for every person. There isn't one right answer, but it's always being able to sort of take on the next guess, the next hypothesis about what will make it better, what will help people, and then validate whether or not that that was actually true. Here's a couple of examples of stories. All of these website things, you go and you browse a bunch of templates. And so we, we had a pretty good idea that people want to see a bunch of templates before they jump in and start building something. Like I, I was pretty convinced of this because everybody does it. Mm -hmm. And so we built a template gallery. We don't use traditional templates where they are sort of fixed and hand authored because it doesn't allow us to update them as we introduce more capabilities. So we, we built a dynamic templating, a dynamic way to build these on the fly, but we still had an experience that felt much like a traditional template gallery and people used to go through that experience and they would pick a template and they'd come in. And we decided one day, somebody in the team really believed that if we skip that experience, not everybody always finds what they like. If we skip that experience, people would be more successful getting to the website that they wanted. That is, we just gave them almost a random template to start with. Mm-hmm. It turns out they were right. I was shocked. I like I did not anticipate that this random style. Would uh-huh. be more effective than letting them pick one that they liked. That was shocking.
0: That's so funny. Was it by like a by a large margin or just like a slim margin? It
1: was clear. It was clear. It was statistically significant. I mean, it it wasn't fifty percent more, but it was. But it was big. It was big enough. Yeah, it was really clear. But still, like random is still not the best experience. And so we're doing this exercise now, which is pretty awesome which is to say, well, we know more than random about you, even though we don't know very much. We ask two questions when somebody starts building a a website. We ask what kind of business you're in and what's the name of your business. And just from that one question about what kind of business you're in, we know a lot about the types of things that those businesses need. We know that if you're in a restaurant, you should have your menu on your site. And so now we're taking that same dynamic ability to generate sites, but instead of putting random styles and selections and things in. We're saying, what are the things that we know are important for a particular line of business? And so you'll get now very different experiences, different templates, uh, depending on the the type of business that you're in. And that also has, has moved the needle in the positive direction.
0: So kinda want to reiterate a couple of things that you've talked about recently. I I think this plays a large role into why you're able to make this impact and get these results that you're talking about. The first thing you brought up was when you went down to Germany and brought the team, I mean, you really went to the front lines and you were doing that hands-on research, right? It's not just looking up online, looking at some data. You went and actually, you were empathizing with the user. You were seeing what they were seeing and then going online and doing research while, while on location. To immerse yourself in it, so that was really cool. And then the next thing, it's it's a mix of also ideating and testing. So a lot of gathering the insight, but then okay, what does that inspire? And let's test it. And that kind of the entrepreneurial perspective. So the question I have is like, what really from those two things, like how are you prioritizing the research and the testing? And with that, once you finally do prioritize, like how are you prioritizing these hypotheses to know which one is worth testing or not?
1: I mean, you can't know. You can use inputs to get ideas. So you can say, mm-hmm. you know, the most important thing that we think is going on in the business right now, the place where people are getting stuck right now. I'll give you an example. Right right now, the biggest complaint that we have, that we have a lot of very happy customers, a lot of people are successful, but the people who kind of bail on us who say we're not the right tool for them. One of the things that they'll say is we want more control over what our site looks like. You know, we have great guardrails that let you get a good looking site no matter what. But some customers want to be able to do things that we can't do. So we know that that is a really important problem. We've seen from the data from customer feedback that that's a really important problem. And so we say, what are the hypotheses about what's going to make a big difference in what that is? So we we know sort of where the priority areas are by customer behavior those are customers who either choose not to use us or give us feedback about what they they didn't like about the product and we pay attention to those and we come up with a bunch of ideas about what may or may not work on that front and then sometimes we'll figure out a way to do a cheap test around that it could be a survey it could be uh, a bunch of interviews where we follow up with people uh, it could be implementing a very basic version of a, a solution to something like that. So for example, one of the ones we're working on today, when we asked people, we called some of those people and we said, well, you know, what was it that you wanted to be doing? And it was simple things like the picture that I'm using is sort of all the actions on the right. And I wanted to be able to take the stuff that was centered and put it on the left. So it wasn't overlapping my picture. Like it's a pretty basic thing. And mm-hmm. that made sense to, sense to us. And so we said, well, what, If we just give people control over that, how much will that move the needle? Is that the problem that they're having? And we don't know if that's important or not important, but it does speak directly to the problem that customers articulated. It sort of was backed up by a handful of customer interviews and it may or may not be right, but it's pretty easy for us to do a cheap test. Now we're not going to go through and implement that everywhere to make sure that every place can do this. What we're going to do is implement that in a couple of places and see if that moves the needle, if that really does help people feel like they have more control. Does that is does that make a significant difference in that feeling of control and if it does, then we'll double down and make sure that that's every place people need it. And if it doesn't, then we'll co- then we'll sort of pick off the next guess about what's important about that.
0: Interesting. So it's really kind of like an agile methodology, but then hyper-targeted and with a, a controlled testing environment before actually rippling it out to other areas and environments.
1: Yeah, we'll sort of dip our toe in the water, see if something helps. And if it seems like it's working, we'll double down on it. And if it seems like it's not, we'll... Sometimes we'll run at it again. Sometimes, you know, we think there's some reason why it didn't work, but it maybe it wasn't the idea was wrong. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we're like, oh, that that idea was wrong. Let's
0: let's do something else. So, uh, Lauren, what do you think is the coolest thing you're working on right now that you want everyone to check out?
1: Coolest thing. It's like, you know, which one of your children is your is your favorite (laughs) favorite children? Exactly. I will tell you, I I won't say favorite because there's too many exciting things, but we have one of our newest things and it's in a private beta. And so I don't know if everybody can check it out today, but increasingly, and if you poke around uh, and if you're in a vertical where you're using online appointments, we are starting to help customers with scheduling appointments. And that's very, very, very new, late breaking. And soon I will want you to check it all out.
0: Awesome. And we can keep in touch about that. And then as soon as you're starting to air that stuff, we can update our show notes with that for everybody. Okay. And what would be the best place to go to keep tabs on this work?
1: We are a free trial product. Any day you want, you can go to godaddy.com. You'll see a big green button that says try it for free. It'll bring you it right into creating a new site and you can play with any part of the experience for 30 days perfectly for free. And then if you are excited about what you're doing, you can you can sign up for one of our plans and keep going.
0: I love it. All right, everyone, there you have it. Make sure to go to godaddy.com and to keep your eye on Lauren's work and look for that big green button to tinker with what are some of the new things they're bringing out. And also make sure to tune in this Friday to a rapid fire round where Lauren's going to be sharing some of her most valuable resources. Lauren, well, hey, thanks for uh, spending some time with us today. It was a pleasure to have you on and to really dig into what you have going on over there. I think it's really cool being, like I mentioned, I'm an entrepreneur and, and I think the value add that this provides for people that want to create that and establish that online business.
1: Well, thank you very much. You had super interesting questions and uh, gave me a lot to think about.
0: Hey, thank you for listening. Make sure to tune in this Friday for this week's guest resources from our rapid fire question round. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can. So visit EmergeMobileFirst.com to reach out to me directly or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first.